Hello, everybody. This is the Chocolate News Podcast, and I'm your co-host, John Alexander Reese. And if you didn't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the leading African-American-owned newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area and northern Kentucky area. And today we have with us our digital correspondent, Andrea Carter. How's it going today, Andrea? Fine. How are you, John? I'm doing fantastic. So what's the chocolate news this week, Andrea? Well, John, I got a little bit of happy and I got a little bit of sad. So um, I'm going to start, I'm not going to say I'm going to start with happy, but I'm going to start with, I think some people will be happy about this. Um, A Florida judge, uh, I should say a Florida federal judge, lifted the mask mandate put in place by the CDC requiring everyone to to, um, wear a mask while traveling, while using public transportation. And um, the judge had ruled that it was in, it was a very divided ruling. Some people believe we should still have it. Some people shouldn't. What's interesting, the mask mandate was going to expire on May 3rd. What has just occurred about this is that the DOJ is going to file an appeal on the CDC's behalf regarding this judge's ruling because the CDC fears that with this ruling standing in place, it will handcuff its ability to be able to put a mandate like this again in public. So they have to get a ruling on this to lift that, to to sort of lift that limit on their powers of ability of putting a mandate on a public entity or a public transportation or on the public itself. So it's going to be a, see, a very interesting argument. Some people believe we should still have the mask mandate in place. Some people believe we shouldn't. Biden came out and just said everyone used their best judgment to use a mask. I know for me, I found myself assessing situations of where I've walked in without a mask and I've used a mask myself. But I know when I've been in a theater situation, I put a mask on because those are tight spaces and you're sitting next to someone. And... Um, um, when I've been in the grocery store, it's been a hit or miss, depending upon mm-hmm. the size of the crowd. So I think everyone is just going to take it by ear. And I continue to carry masks with me just in case, um, because we're still in a pandemic. It's still going on around the world. So we have to see. And I also know that people still have the ability to get vaccinated while the um, COVID-19 is still, while the shot is still available and get the booster. Um, I do recommend everyone take precautions and be safe, even though the mask mandate has been lifted, that um, some businesses are still adhering to a mask mandate and some are not. It's just take it, just take it easy, be careful, and weigh your options and go forward. We're going to be living with this for a while. So. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I, I'm going on a plane very soon, so I am definitely keeping my mask on for the time being. And I'm probably going to do the same, you know, when I do like ride shares like Uber and Lyft. So I, I think so. I mean, for the until the CDC de- demand declares that we have herd immunity regarding COVID-19, I think we need to err on the side of caution and just carry them with you, bring them out, don't bring them out. It's just up to you. But I would just say in this day and age, you don't want to get caught. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things of like the flu, it comes and it goes, and we just have to live with it and keep on stepping, so. Yeah, yeah, that's all you can do. So, so there's that. So like, so like I said, a little happy, a little sad, depending on who you talk to. Um, the sad is I think everyone 
had a good Easter weekend, though the U.S. was rocked by three shootings um, over the Easter weekend. Mm. One was in South Carolina at a nightclub that occurred where at least nine people were wounded. Then in Pittsburgh, two youths were killed and at least eight people wounded when shots were fired during a party at a short-term rental property. Again, another Airbnb that was not used for supposedly the, the owner was warned or there's something around Airbnbs. There's a certain procedure regarding parties and things like that. And um, so that's under investigation. And then there were two shootings that came the day, well, no, there was also a shooting in a busy mall also in South Carolina um, at the state capital of Columbia and um, nine people were shot and five people sustained injuries as well. So Easter was a little deadly, especially in South Carolina. Oh my. And, you know, so we have to sort of educate our children, educate everyone on how to handle conflict and don't take the easy way, which is to pick up a gun and use it, where the harder way is to resolve it yourself or mm-hmm. with walking away or thinking about it, then coming back and discussing it. Too many people in this world that we live in is finding it easier to just shoot now, talk later. And even though that's like an old West adage from way back when, yeah. um, unfortunately, we're seeing it played out over and over again. And it's, it's unfortunate people are getting injured and killed over this, and it needs to stop. It's just really sad. And for it to happen on Easter weekend, it's just like, come on, it's like, are, is nothing sacred anymore? I know it was the, I mean, everyone was celebrating the resurrection of Jesus and the togetherness of family and, um, and also the Easter bunny. And, you know, and I think it's sort of sad that a day of, of mercy and forgiveness and he is risen and, you know, a day to reaffirm our faith in God and Jesus and the, you know, the Holy Trinity and things like that. It is, um, and then also it was Passover as well in the Jewish community. And for all of this to occur during a very holy weekend is unbelievable. And I'm, I'm not the, you know, I'm the first person to tell you that I'm, I'm spiritual, mm. but I'm not very religious. Right. Um, and I, I'm um, right now, I have not gone back to the church that I worship at just because of it was my mother's church and it holds memories there for me. But also I'm, you know, I can walk into a grocery store for some reason I can't walk into a church yet. And I'm just kind of like, but I'm going to break the mode and do it soon. But, you know, I've been very cautious about where I am. And, you know, again, whether or not I'm wearing a mask, but also Easter weekend is supposed to be a very sacred weekend as far as I'm concerned. And to see our society go a different way. We have a disease that we can't find a cure for. And I don't know what's gonna happen because we're not addressing mass shootings in this, uh, in, in, in this country. We're just not, we're just getting used to them. And there's something going on when our human nature, oh no, I can't say it that way, what is it? What am I? I'm, I'm trying to say is there's something going on that we can't talk about what's causing these mass shootings and addressing the issue. We need I to mean, peel back the layers. I, I mean, I think it's more of a cultural thing. 
you know, because American culture, you know, that Second Amendment, right to bear arms, you know, and plus, you know, I, you know, I think it's also has to do a little bit of COVID, you know, caused a lot of poverty, you know, people can't get jobs, people can't find work, you know, and poverty causes, you know, violence. I, I, I think I think I think poverty is like the root cause of it. At least that's my opinion. Yes and no, because if poverty was the root cause of it, well, no, I, I can't accept poverty. Poverty might be the root cause of gun violence in certain segments of society. But when it comes to mass shootings, it is not the poor people who are picking up the gun and shooting. Yeah, that's true. And my my thing is I think that. Mass shootings have been going on for a long time and ever since Columbine. And, and it was not poor people who did that. You, you, think also, just, you think also just the stigma around mental health, like people just think like they can solve their problems with guns instead of like talking out. And then there's also that stigma associated with mental health too. It's just like people don't want to admit that they have mental problems. So they just yes. rather solve their problems with a gun. And you know what? I think, I think we have to step back from that stigma because I mean, and I will very tell you, in certain difficult moments of my life, I have reached out to a counselor to help me. Mm-hmm. And even though it wasn't a long-term association, but they helped smooth out the edges. They helped me take a look at things, focus in on it. When my mother was getting ready to pass, I was in therapy to deal with it mm-hmm. because I needed help to face that final moment when I was going to lose my mother because it was grating on me and it was causing me to not pay attention to certain things. And the counselor helped me focus again on what was important, helped me to express myself and then say, okay, be strong. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, and I just needed, and really truly it was just a matter of talking it out with someone who could say, okay, these are valid. This is this, you know, And after that, I was fine. And I've been fine ever since. But I think you have to, I mean, I remember when I first went to therapy to talk about certain situation. And I remember my mother told me, she was like, don't talk about me. Don't blame everything on me. And don't tell the stranger any any important family secrets. Mm. And I'm like, what do you have against therapy? But again, she was from the old school Right. Of you don't tell people your business, you right. handle it. Yeah. And that's still a thing today. You handle your business. Yeah. But at the same time, we have been suffering. We suffer from political PTSD from the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. We suffer from health PTSD because of COVID-19 and, and that stress that put us on us and the quality of our life. We suffer from societal PTSD because those of us of people of color face racism and subtle, subtle racism, and you just never know when it's going to attack us. And then we also suffer from um, police PTSD, those who fear being stopped by a police officer because we've seen what has happened around the country to Black and brown people. Because of all of that PTSD, we're not dealing with the effects of what has had on us. I mean, those of us who have friends and talk about it and express it, we're healthy or fine. But those people who are internalizing the stress, internalizing what has happened or losing a job or the landlord not renewing your lease because they want more money. And, you know, all of that, which is, you know, a reaction to what has happened with the pandemic, 
that stress is building up in people and it's erupting. And the signs of eruption begin with our young people who can't handle stress, who are not taught how to handle stress and they have bullies and um, you know it's internalized and our suicide rates both in um, society across the board are at a, a high rate, which is almost epidemic because our young people are not handling their emotions. Mm. They're internalizing it. And when they feel they finally can't handle it, instead of asking for help, they say lights out. They go, yeah. they kill themselves. Yeah. And, you know, we're suffering in a society that we need to wake up and address this and acknowledge it. And I think it starts with every single family asking a loved one, are you okay? How are you doing? What do you need? And even when someone says, I'm fine and keep on stepping, watch their actions, watch what they do. That will tell you more than what they're telling themselves. We just need to pay attention more and be that village to take care of each other than ignoring, ignoring the signs. And it's gonna take a lot to deal with it. But yep, yep, definitely. So the final piece of chocolate news today is Blackish. Mm. Now, Blackish just ended its eighth season for the final time on Tuesday. And it was a surprising ending of, of you know, the, I would say it's been, um, what is it? How do you explain it? Dre who has been the leader of the family, so to speak, even though Bo is the true leader of the family. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, it's been an updated version of the black family and the upper middle, middle class black family making good and all the issues that they've had to deal with because they're upper middle class. And at the end of the finale, if I'm gonna go ahead, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm gonna ruin it for you. Dre asked his wife to give up his job and move to a black neighborhood and start over. And I think, which is an interesting ending to a show um, because they're choosing to change their lives and move to a black neighborhood away from the upper mobile middle-class neighborhood where there's plenty of money and resources and things like that. Not saying that a black neighbor does not have plenty of resources, but they'll be more comfortable around the people that they know instead of where they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very interesting ending to blackish and to because um, we didn't see that type of ending when, when we grew up with Bill Cosby. Right. Um, when Bill Cosby ended his show, they walked, they just walked out the door, but but they stayed where they were, that they were they lived in a brownstone in Brooklyn. And that was it. Yeah. Um, and I think the modern day family sitcom with Blackish, they address a number of issues you don't find a sitcom to address. But it was interesting to see that they chose instead of staying where they think, where society said they were a success, they chose to go to where society says you're not a success, but you're just living. And I think that's very interesting. I'm going uh, to assume that they moved to Baldwin Hills, though, since the show does play, take place in California, even though they didn't say. I'm going to assume they went to Baldwin Hills. 
I think they did. And I think what was interesting that Dre quit his job, but Bo still remained a doctor. Mm-hmm. And, and I think at the end of the day, Dre has always been the one who's been searching for acceptance. He's been searching for, um, I don't know, something to say, yes, I've done it. I am a black man with money. Yay. But he's never been able to accept that. Right. I mean, he's been able to accept buying the buying power. It comes with a job like that. He had how he was able to provide for his family, how that he was able to support both his parents that lived with the family, things like that. I think, I think his definition of success was skewed throughout the entire eight seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think he was always striving to show that I am a successful Black man. I know how to do my job. Let me do my job. Right. And he never had that satisfaction. Yeah. But at the same time, it was very funny. Yeah. Um, I also want to say, like, be behind the camera, though. It's like I'm a... I'm very impressed by, uh, because the creator of Blackish was Kenya Barris. And um, he's really done a lot since, you know, the show premiered. Like, you know, he's created multiple spinoffs of that. He did Grownish, Mixish, with, uh, which unfortunately got canceled. And then, you know, he even uh, has a Netflix deal. Well, he's actually bowing out of the Netflix deal, but he's setting up a deal with Viacom CBS. Well, I think it's just Viacom now. So, you know, I'm grateful for all the success that he's had because, you know, he's definitely been working hard, you know, in, you know, the entertainment industry, which, you know, could use a lot more, you know, color. Yes. And I I think actually Paramount, which is Viacom CBS, they are, have, they have been doing some outstanding things for people of color. In the, in the industry. If you think about it, if, if everyone has been watching Discovery, the latest Star Trek show, mm, right. um, we have the first Black female captain of a star of a starship. Yeah, which is in Discovery, which is fantastic. And then we also have Picard, which is, you know, the extension of Star Trek, the next generation, the new version, mm. um, which I think is um, I both both shows are streaming now, and I have to play catch up with Discovery and Picard's out, and I have to play catch up with Picard as well. But I mean, it, it's Paramount looking at Equalizer with Queen Latifah, looking at NCIS, looking at um, actually Law and Order. No, that's Channel. That's um, NBC. That's, uh, yeah, NBC. But I'm just saying, in terms of shows that are good unique and diverse you're seeing a competition between abc cbs and nbc yeah and And, i I think it's also good that we just had a black sitcom that lasted eight seasons because that that doesn't happen a lot no it doesn't and then but you know i also like to see what's interesting is that all of the tv stations have not tackled a black reality show whatsoever Mm. On Netflix, they've had a hit or miss of one or two mm-hmm. that have been okay. Right. But I mean, in terms of all of the reality shows across all of the platforms, all of the cable channels, everywhere, you have not, except for Tony Braxton and her sisters. Right. Other than that, which is the counterpart to the Kardashians, 
Mm-hmm. You have not had any reality shows for Black people. Do we not count love and hip hop? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, 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 and I guess when I say, but love and hip hop is on a cable channel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm talking about okay, mainstream broadcast, broadcast yeah. even gotcha. though that's, you know, away from the game. Yeah. But that's still a place where content is created and then move to the streaming platforms. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and, and I have, I've seen wonderful documentaries featuring Black people mm-hmm. um, that have been very successful in their various careers. But I think that at the end of the day, it's about what will society accept? What still will, quote, Hollywood or the TV industry accept as success and not accept right. success? And... You know, Black people watch TV. We've always watched television. We've yeah. always been brand loyal to TV. Yeah. We, it, and, it, and it, our dollars support that brand loyalty of television. You know, I it, think it's it, it, time it, that television supported us in yeah, terms of content. Definitely. And, because you know, it, though, it used to be like just the Black sitcoms we're just on Fox and the WB and, UP, and UPN. It used to be like a running joke, actually. But I, I just, I just, I just think like we need to get on like the major networks, like ABC, CBS, NBC. You know, all that good stuff. Well, I think what's interesting is that when CW was formed, mm-hmm. they started out with black shows. Yeah. When Fox started out, it started out with black shows, and then when they found success with mainstream, they dumped them. Yeah. And went with mainstream. Yeah. And and I think but their bread and butter was made on our loyalty. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, people forget that. They yeah. forget who brought them to the game, who supported them when they were just starting out. And we said, yeah, that's cool. Let's run with it. And, you know, I, and I think that's a problem with business people. They know where when they're starting out, they'll they'll hang with you. Right. And then when they get a taste of success, they're like, bye. We don't need you anymore. Yeah. And and I think that's part of the problem with society that we were willing to work with whoever um, we choose we don't like because it'll get us where we want to go. And then when we're successful, they're like, okay, I don't need you anymore. Thank you very much. Yeah. But you know what? The people that you meet on the way up are the same people that you meet on the way down. Yeah. And because the TV industry is changing and going to streaming, those, the, the, those that started out with you, you're meeting them on the way down. And guess what? We're getting more content now because we're still there looking at television. Yeah. And we're adapting and we're looking at our, on our phones. Yeah. And we're looking on YouTube. We're looking at all the different streaming platforms that are out there. I have too many. Yeah. And I, I just think that, you know, there's a lot of good shows out there that have been started and launched. And I don't know. What do I know? I'm just a poor black child trying to make it each day. <laughs> Let's hope the diversity keeps going on on these shows and streaming channels and all that. Actually, you know what I'd like to see more of? what not just more black shows i like to see more um shows featuring latino and asian well you know well you know at the end of blackish they do show a latino family moving into the um 
to the family's old house. I, I don't know if that's setting up for a, a spinoff or whatever, or a black a backdoor pilot or whatever. But you know, that would be interesting to see. It would it would be interesting to see, but also I think, you know, Canada has a lot of good shows. Like on Netflix, there's a a, a story about a Korean grocery oh, store. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Kim's Convenience. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. started watching that. Fabulous. I think it's very funny. Mm. Um, and I think for us to combat what's going on in society, we need to be willing to expose ourselves to more. There's a yes. reason why we look at masterpiece theater. Mm. Reason why we're looking at Netflix. We're looking at Hulu and original content that addresses certain issues and or offers the diversity in content that we're willing to look at. I mean, there's African TV shows on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. You know, those folks are dangerous. They're <laughs> I mean, there are Latino shows on there, the, the novellas that are pretty good. There are yeah. some Asian Japanese shows. I mean, there was a show about um, a Japanese yeah. show about a guy who runs a mid, uh, a restaurant that's open from midnight to 6 a.m. And mm. it was very interesting, even though I was reading the subtitles, it right. was good. Right. And, you know, I'm, I like that variety. And I think if the world was more open to that variety, yeah, we would have a different we would have a different country. Yeah, definitely. but what do I know? Well, we can all let's always hope for the best. Oh, I do, I do. So that is the chocolate news for today. I'll get off my soapbox now. Okay, um, so now we'll switch it over to Morgan Angelique Owens, where she will enlighten us with some beauty, lifestyle, and culture. So take it away, Morgan. All right. Thank you, John. Well, again, this is your co-host Morgan Angelique Owens, and I have some amazing guests this week. I'm going to go ahead and let these ladies introduce themselves and talk about this amazing experience coming up that everyone needs to come to. So welcome. Thank you. Hi, Morgan. So thank you for having us on. My name is Asha Ama. I'm a fashion designer born and raised here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm really excited to share with you guys this big project we've been working on. And I'm gonna also introduce my partner, Dawn. So Dawn, you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, hey everybody. Um, my name is Dawn. Um, not only am I Morgan's cousin, yep, sure am. Um, <laughs> I, am I am Ashama's business partner and also a designer and we have come together on this project and um, you know Asha has created some really beautiful things and we have some great things to share with you. All right so tell us all about this amazing experience. Okay so we're actually really excited about this entire experience which we are calling an experience because it is like nothing you've ever been to, seen, witnessed before. So I think it wouldn't do it justice to call it a fashion show because it totally flips the idea of a fashion show on its head and just has a lot more meaning to it. So I don't wanna to give too much away because I want you to actually experience it. But at the CAC on April 30th, which is a Saturday, doors will open at seven and guests can come in and experience our fashion healing experience. Um, the collection that I've created is called New Moon and it will also have an exhibit that opens that same night and then we'll have an after party to follow with amazing food by executive chef Jahan Holman. And it's just gonna be an all around lovely night. 
Um, Morgan, do you want me to also talk about the other two things that are on the calendar or do you want me to kind of just focus on that? Yeah, tell, tell us everything. Okay, um, and so then that New Moon exhibit will run at the CAC uh, for about a month. But other than that, we also have a virtual show that will premiere and then also a virtual pay me an equity panel that will be hosted by Randall Wilson, who is at a, a diversity, I'm sorry, let me say that again. What is his official title? Diversity liaison. Um, which will be hosted by Randall Wilson, who is a diversity liaison for DAP, which is my alma mater and my sister's alma mater. And so the panel will feature the two of us um, having a conversation with Randall about Black women in the industry. My sister, Ayan Daniels, works for one of the top tech companies in the world. And so she kind of has a different take on being a Black woman in design from a more corporate standpoint. And then I'll be sharing my experiences from an entrepreneur standpoint um, and just having like a really great conversation that we really hope will encourage Black youth to get into design and just give them good advice on how we overcame a lot of the pitfalls that people experience as a minority in design. And then we'll kind of have our big finale party at the 21C, which is a retail therapy brunch where people can shop the collection. Um, one of the really cool things about this collection is that I've collaborated with a team of Black women who are creatives and entrepreneurs in their own right. So Lily Weeks is doing hair accessories and she also did the hair for the show and she did the hair for the exhibit that you'll see if you come. Um, and then Chrissy P of Let's Get Pretty Cosmetics did the makeup for the show and she will have an exclusive collaboration um, that people can shop at this retail therapy brunch as well. And then my favorite nail artist and cousin Maya Altman of Queens Only Studios will also be doing nails and also selling like nail accessories that are, so that'll be a good time. Jahan Altman is also doing food at that brunch and it's gonna be a big party where you can shop and be pampered. And we have a lot of cool um, surprises for that brunch as well. Ooh, yes, I'm, I'm ready. It's in my calendar. Yes. <laughs> so what what made you guys wanna do something like this? What, what, um, what need did you feel like you were fulfilling, especially here in Cincinnati for Black women? Well, I feel like the, so the New Moon collection is actually the next chapter to my last collection, which was entitled Negro Solstice. Um, and I did that with the Taft Art Museum as their Dunkington Artist in Residence last year. And so the, what kind of inspired this whole thing is that the Negro Solstice collection was kind of a calling to Black people to realize our true identity. Um, the world puts us down, kills us, you know, abuses us, makes us feel like we're less than. And as a designer, I think my contribution is to hold a mirror up to and remind them that we are actually gods, we are actually royalty. And so that collection was kind of the starting point. And then New Moon kind of takes on what's next for the world. Like we're in this just really ugly space in humanity with war and greed and um, just all of these vices that have really taken a stronghold and we're overly exposed to and traumatized media. So New Moon answers the question of how do we turn this around? And as a Black woman, knowing and loving Black women and seeing how we 
love freely, forgive freely, how we can laugh through our pain, how we always have room for someone else's pain, even if we're going through it. Um, I think the world can learn a lot from us in the way that we operate. So this collection, yes, it's beautiful clothing, but it's got such a deeper meaning to it. Um, and it's really like a lesson and a calling, not just for my people, but for the greater world to learn something from Black women. Period. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, we could chat all day, but I always like to ask my guests these uh, three important things. So Asha, we'll start with you or Don, you can start. What three beauty products can't you live without right now? Cocoa butter, um, lip gloss, and coconut oil. Nice. <laughs> Well, ours are kind of similar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to piggyback off of what Don said, mine would be, I would say this, if I was on a desert island, I just need Vaseline. Like, give me some that, that's lip gloss, that's gonna make sure I'm not ashy. Right. If I get a cut, I can have the vest. So Vaseline would be one. Okay. Uh, two would be lip gloss. And then three would be my Fenty Trophy Wife Body Shimmer. Hey, because yeah. you know I'm extra, so... <laughs> And hot girl summer is approaching. So we all need yes, that shimmer. Yes. Well, ladies, thank you so much. Um, we'll have to have you back on the podcast in May to talk about, remind people about all these great events coming up because, you know, we'd be forgetting. So can you let us know your social media handles and where can people get tickets to the events? Absolutely. So um, first and foremost, my Instagram is A-S-H-A underscore A, M as in mom, A. So it's Asha underscore Ama. Um, the link for tickets is in my bio on Instagram, but you can also visit us at our website, which is www.ashaama.com. So ashaama.com and the link to the event right will be there as well. Right. You can find me at Zanitzon on Instagram um, and the link is in my bio. And yes, also on ashima.com. So come on and get your tickets. It's going to be amazing. Yes. Well, thank you, Asha. Thank you, Dawn. We are super excited to support you and, and everyone listening, make sure that you go and get your tickets. It's very important. You know how Cincinnati is. We got to, we got to get those tickets on time, support our own. So thank you ladies for coming on the Herald podcast. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Morgan. Can't wait to see you, girl, and what you got on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure I, 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 I need my trench. <laughs> girl, I literally got it for you. It's in the studio right now. Perfect. Perfect. Boom. Come and get All right. it. <laughs> All right, John, back to you. Thanks, Morgan. Well, everyone, that's it for today's show. And I want to thank Andrea for coming on discussing all this good chocolate news. It's always a pleasure, John. And uh, remember, folks, you can find more information about today's topics and past podcast episodes at www.thecincinnatiherald.com, the session newsletter, and on our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast is on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, the Facebook mobile app, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. I'm John Alexander Reese, and have a good day. <laughs>